Is it Ruth? I think it's day 14. Yes. Uh, it's also a Friday. It's Pizza Friday. Uh, but so yesterday we recorded very early in the morning mm-hmm. and it was to be released fairly early in the morning. It was actually, it was probably our most up-to-date. I mean, we didn't talk about much, but it was probably our most up-to-date yeah. of the dailies. Problem was we had multiple technical issues, which meant that it didn't get released until the evening time. And while I doubt there's anybody tuning into the Olympopod specifically to get their news, it was possibly the worst day for it to happen on because a huge amount happened yesterday. So I'm beginning to wonder what the wisdom was of calling these uh, day 14 or day two pods in the first place, because we're not really covering the days that we claim that we're talking about. Ruth, can you summarize day 13 post-recording in 45 seconds? I could do it in two. Yes. Disastrous. (laughs) Olympic ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but and, and the thing is, the thing is, I have so much stuff I want to talk about what happened yesterday and uh, what happened on the lead up and what's going to happen over the next few days that I actually think it's its own pod. I think it's it's a reflecting on the Olympics that we'll be releasing mm. at some stage next week, because I think we could end up being here for an hour talking about the absolute shit show that went down yesterday. Oh, yeah, but OK, well, give some context to that. Well, yeah, so it was the final of the women's figure skating Mm -hmm. and everyone wanted to see was how Valieva was going to hold up. Uh, She didn't. She crumbled in her performance, possibly inevitably so, some might think. And the reaction of her coaches, her team was, well, people are still talking about it. It, and, And today the drama continued. Thomas Bach criticized her coaching team for their behavior. So when Valieva came off the ice after performing her routine, which featured multiple falls, her coach, the, at this stage, notorious Eteri Dutbridge said, why did you let it go? Explain it to me. Why? Why did you stop fighting? You let it go after that axle. Why? And this child was in tears. It looked like it was the worst moment of her life. And I mean... To be honest, we're only scratching the surface because then we had a number of other meltdowns going on rinkside. But I, as I said, I feel like this is its own pod. Mm. But anyway, yeah. today, yeah. Thomas yeah. Bach has come out. He's criticised the Rock coaching team and support staff, to which the vice president of Russia has criticised Thomas Bach. And this is just going to go on and on. It's going to go on and on until figure skating is kicked out of the Olympics temporarily. Well, we know that the IOC aren't uh, taking the piss anymore when it comes to that. No. And taking sports out of the equation, so yeah. No. I mean, the biggest thing for me, and I I actually said it during the Summer Games, I I said it was brilliant watching these 13-year-olds performing amazing feats. But it was something that we rose in that same pod. We said there were some people competing in the Olympics who were too young to qualify for the Youth Olympics. Mm. There shouldn't be 13-year-olds at the Olympics, no matter how good they are. And I think this Olympics has shown that the IOC isn't responsible enough and doesn't have enough power to manage the various bodies that 
are under it I mean, to allow under 18 year olds at the Olympics either. Or at least, you know, if they're too young to be held responsible for their own doping, then maybe they're too young to be competing. Yes. But with the figure skating, there's a whole other layer to it. And we will get into it at a later date. But I felt deeply uncomfortable watching the figure skating yesterday, knowing that we were watching child abuse for our own entertainment. Mm. Because what's going on in the Russian training camps is child abuse. And it is the only one that is currently being talked about and publicised. I'm sure if we scratch the surface in other countries, maybe not to the same extent, and maybe not state-sponsored to the same extent, but I think we would be finding a lot of other things that people Mm. have not wanted to talk about. My one concern is, you know... For someone like me who isn't following figure skating year in, year out, it's a four-year thing for me. Are we going to stop talking about this for four years? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, well, uh, well, let's say the, the wider sporting community, yes. Once Monday comes around, most people will uh, let it slide and forget about it until the next one. But I will say I did have a new favourite person and it, it did come out of the figure skating. Just because it seemed like a good news story in the midst of all of this. And that was Ekaterina Kurakova. She was born in Russia and she competed for Russia junior levels. But I mean, that means nothing. I mean, that's, that's senior <laughs> level. Like that's what, what exactly is junior levels? Anyway. And basically I've read a couple of interviews with her before the event yesterday and she talked about how she moved to Poland because she didn't she didn't have any Polish roots when she made the change but essentially she was told when she came back from a championships that that was it she was never going to be sent to championships again and it wasn't a case of her not being good or her being too old because at this day she was about 16 but it was essentially that she was not she was not going to get any better and she was only going to get bigger. So she had met the head of the Polish figure skating camp at an event. She got in contact with him. He arranged for her to move and it took until 2019. Again, when she moved, she would have been 17. It wasn't as if, you know, <laughs> this was a, this was a long process, but she, it, she's, she is only 19 now. But she just seems like such a lovely person. And she seems to be living her best life right now in Poland. And it's just this kind of like, she escaped the Russian figure skating circles and is now having the time of her life. But what was particularly wonderful, she qualified 25th into the free skate. Uh, 25th out of 26. We There should have been 25. There was an extra in because of Valieva. And before the event, she'd been asked, where do you want to finish? And she said, I don't like that kind of mentality. I'm just out there to skate my best skate and hopefully do the people who are supporting me proud. So she was second to skate and it was fantastic. It was it was just a really joyous and you could tell that she was having fun. And when she finished her skate, she knew that she had done her best and she just went into floods of tears because she was so happy and everyone around her, her whole team was so happy. She was never going to finish in the medals. That didn't matter because she had just done her utmost. And what was incredible was she was in the lead for the full 
first half of the program. Her her performance was so good and she was not expecting this. And in fact, when she came off the ice, they said, Joe, this could be good enough for to finish in the top 20. Like this, mm. this she finished 12th. Yeah. And afterwards I saw her posting some things on Instagram just saying that like it was the most magical moment of her life that all of her dreams came true. And yeah, so I just, I really wish her all the best. She lives in Poland now. She has a Polish boyfriend. She says in an interview that she's plans to stay in Poland for the rest of her life. I hope she does really well because she deserves it. And she's only 19. She's only 19. <laughs> this is the thing. This is like the really funny thing that like when I was reading the articles a few days ago and it was like, she couldn't compete for Poland until 2019. I was like, oh my God, she's 19. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Another teenager who has really impressed me, obviously in terms of gold medals, but also just in t- terms of how she's presented herself and how she has managed a lot of difficult questions which are completely unfair is Eileen Gu. I think she has become, she is, she is already a breakout star in China, obviously, but she has really done herself proud in terms of her off slope demeanor. I did read somewhere that she was getting some heavy criticism from mm. some far, like from the kind of right wing media in the US saying she was ungrateful and disgraceful for having gone to China. But I think she has been a real ambassador for these Olympics, which have been pretty marred. Mm, yeah, we talked We talked a little bit about her earlier on in the competition as she got her first gold and mm. got her second gold today. She in did. The, in the halfpipe, in the free ski halfpipe. And her third medal overall, because she got a silver uh, in between those two and uh, what was most impressive on the skis uh, today I think was the fact that it was such ridiculous wind the athletes had to deal with but she was still like she was uh, tens of centimeters higher in terms of amplitude over and over again she was just in a completely different level uh, to the rest and uh, seriously impressive mental strength as you were talking about there also how she's dealt with everything uh, physical strength as well to go through three competitions and also dealing with the fact that while she was competing in the other events that her opponents in this in the halfpipe who are more specialists uh, were preparing for it but she happened to uh, beat them all and funnily enough two years ago at the youth olympics she had the exact same medal record of two golds and one silver in the exact same events ah. so yeah and today chris there was more biathlon, end of day 14, mm. more biathlon. And Chris, how do you spell that biathlon? You can't spell biathlon without biathlon. <laughs> and why is that? Because between the two Burr brothers, they have nine medals now. Gold number four for Johannes. He has four goals, one bronze and one fifth place. And uh, his older brother, a terrible Tarja with a mere two golds, both in the relays with his brother, one silver and one bronze. So in the it was the mass start biathlon today. And uh, at the last shooting, Johannes actually had to ski two penalty loops. He missed two shots, but um, he was still in the lead. One of his closest rivals, Kenton Fionn Maie, who we've spoken about before, he had three penalties in the last loop, uh, which really killed him. And Sweden's Martin Ponsiluma uh, only managed one, so he went into second place, but Johannes Bö came out on top 
There was another Norwegian in bronze there, Vetle Hursta Christiansen uh, in third place and uh, Fionn Maie in fourth. The first time he's raced at these Olympics without a medal. Maybe they should stop making the biathlon medals out of gold and start making them out of Burun. <laughs> Burun. Purest Burun. Purest Burun. <laughs> and yeah, they really seem to like the biath- the biathlon, the Norwegians. The uh, there was uh, a bronze for Marta Roiseland today. Uh, that was won by uh, Justine Brises Boucher. And uh, that was in the women's mass start. She, uh, Roiseland, with three goals and two bronze. So Norway kicking ass in the biathlon. Yeah. And kicking ass in the medal table. Yeah. Are they now the... Is it now the most goals ever won by a nation at the Winter Olympics? It sounds right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) is this really a thing that matters, though? Because it feels like, particularly in the last couple of Winter Olympics, they've thrown in a whole bunch of new events. Mm. Yeah. I I also think that, like, when you're... I'm sure to the countries that top the tables... It means a huge amount, but for the rest of us observing, it, it probably means very little because we just like the stories. Yeah. Well, Sweden are super excited because they've, they've now got their best ever uh, medal haul. Yeah, not, but um, not in curling. Well, not yet. <laughs> they, haven't, well, they haven't got medals yet in curling. No, they haven't, but they did suffer a setback today mm-hmm. in an epic oh. match between Team GB. This was this is what curling is all about. This is why people get drawn into curling. <laughs> why do they kick it out for 60 years? I know. Why? <laughs> the drama they missed out on. Did you watch it? All. I, I So I watched the end of it. Mm. I watched the end of it. In fact, I think I got your text message saying, drama! And I said, well, this must be curling. <laughs> uh, so I went and I started watching the curling and I went, oh! But so I I was there when they were eleven eleven, mm. um, and yes, it was it was some nail biting stuff. You have, to, you have to go back and uh, watch the replay. Watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I watched the highlights at least. Sweden went into <laughs> a four nil lead after the very first end, and uh, Great Britain then in the penultimate end, uh, they had drawn level by this point. It was seven. Oh, it was 8-7. 7-7, then 8-7 to Sweden. But four points in the penultimate end uh, for Great Britain, thanks to a brilliant shot by Eve mm-hmm. Muirhead. But then an even better shot right at the end of the final end by Anna Hasselborg. Scored three, made it 11-11. Uh, that was already the, that was the highest score that we've had in curling at these games. Uh, went to the extra end, which was a bit of an anticlimax, don't you think? Yes, it was because essentially there was only there was only one stone left, mm. and Sweden saw that they couldn't win, so they just shook hands. Yeah, and I want I wanted to see the final stone. Yeah, yeah, you want to. I mean, that's where you want to see like the nerves really pile up, and uh, potentially, well, you don't want to see a, a catastrophe, but you want to see Eve Muirhead like actually have to put it in in the four foot circle, you know, get it in there mm-hmm. to to win it, rather than it was a bit of an anti uh, an anti climax, a bit of an own goal as I said. But uh, great for Eve Muirhead, her fourth Olympics. Uh, she's managed bronze in 2014. The rest of the team for Great Britain, all rookies. 
So they're into the final to face Japan, who beat the Swiss. Mm. So uh, Great Britain and Japan were the two lower-ranked teams. They only managed records of five wins and four losses in the the preliminary round, and they beat the the two much higher uh, placed teams in the semi-finals. So Japan in their very first final, and Great Britain their first final since winning gold back in Salt Lake City 2002, and. Hilariously, for Great Britain, this was like all doom and gloom. Worst Olympics ever, no medals. They could actually have their best Olympics now with two gold medals in the <laughs> curling because the men are in the final against Sweden tomorrow. Call us, Chris. Who's going to win? Um, Great Britain. <gasps> in both? Yes. Ooh, big fighting talk from you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not fighting on their behalf. <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to tune in uh, tomorrow and find out, which I'm sure we will report on in a timely manner. Yes. Chris, some of the teams they brought in kind of mascots with them, and they have them on the sidelines with the rest of the team waving them. Have you ha- have you seen any? And if so, do you have a favourite mascots? Yeah, like just little emblems. I've I haven't seen a single one, Ruth. I've no, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well. <laughs> Germany has a gi- has a giant blow up pretzel which they bring to all of their events. Oh, maybe I have seen that. Yeah, to sorry. Be honest, when you I say well, pretzel, that's not what comes to my mind when I think of mascots. It's but a okay. mascot. Yeah. It is. It's a it's a mascot pretzel. Yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite. Mm. I have to say, can I name any others? No. Have I seen any others? Yeah, I think I have, but none of them stuck into my mind like the giant pretzel. I think that's brilliant. Big fan of the giant pretzel. Have you seen any other ones? Yeah, as I just said, I think I think I have. Are you just? They just didn't. They just didn't register okay. too much. Mm. As in, at the time, I think I saw them and I was like, "Well, oh, it's no giant pretzel." Mm. But they weren't. They weren't memorable enough. And and if there weren't, well, then in four years' time, people are going to have to bring their A game and bring giant blow up things that represent their country. Yeah. If you need any kind of suggestions, Ruth. I think you could be a good consultant for that. For a sm- I would be for a small fee. Excellent. Ruth can tell you what to bring. Yes, I will. Yeah. So, countries, Olympic bodies, get in contact. Get in contact with the pod. I will sort that out. Anything else from the last two days? For two weeks. <laughs> we can look ahead to what's coming up on Saturday. Chris, what's happening on the last two days of the Olympics? Never mind the last two days. It's all about. What's happening tomorrow? Day 15, <laughs> Saturday, 19th of February. And uh-huh. the cross-country skiing 50-kilometer freestyle. It is the marathon of cross-country skiing. And it's going to be fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just about going to be able to have it. I think it cannot be any colder than minus 20. I think if they manage to... To, to keep it under that or over that, more, more importantly, uh, then whichever way you look at it, then they're going to have that. And um, Thomas Maloney Vesgard is going to be in that uh, in yes. his first one. It's, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a real slog. And uh, it's going to be, you know, I'm no expert, but it's going to be a battle between uh, Johannes Kleber, Mr. All-Ass, and mm-hmm. Alexander Bolshinov from the Russian Olympic Committee. They're the two big dogs 
in this. And uh, yeah, it's a couple of hours of uh, good times and pain for many others. Um, we have the final of the men's curling. We talked about that already. Sweden versus Great Britain. Who are you going for in the two finals, Ruth? Great Britain in the men's, mm. Japan in the women's. Okay. And we have the mass start in speed skating. Yes. But, what time? I need... To, oh, no. Well, uh, it's not not exactly what it seems. I mean, it is what it seems, but there's, a, there's an added thing to it which kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Because mm-hmm. the race is uh, 16 laps, which is fine. And yeah. they have semi-finals and then and then a final. Yeah. So three like the three leaders after the sixteenth lap, so the final lap, receive sixty, forty, and twenty points, respectively. Mm-hmm. So it's not just first past the post at the end you win. Or is it? Because it's an omnium. Because there are three intermediate sprints uh-huh. which award points to the first three competitors. Five points, three points, and one point. Mm-hmm. So, Ruth, three intermediate sprints. Top points yes. you can get are five in each one. How many points is that? Fifteen. Yes. And the three leaders at the very end get 60, 40, and 20. Uh-huh. Ooh, what's the point? But but how many go in? I understand for the semifinals that it makes sense, but why the final? I Yeah, look, it's fine. I was just thinking today that there should be an omnium for the ice skating. And at least this is going in the omnium direction. So no, I want, like we talked about in the early Olympopods, when the European skaters had to go to America and got their ass kicked by the mass start. I just want to see a bunch <laughs> of men and a bunch of women go onto the ice, go around it 16 times. And if you're first, you're first. If you're second, you're second. If you're 17th, you're 17th. Never mind your intermediate Fair. sprints. Okay. Okay. I uh, on, I mean, maybe I, it doesn't... Th- this is based on the rules from four years ago. I haven't seen a breakdown of what it's going to be like. I can only assume it's the same. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. But honestly, it sounds completely pointless. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I, I'm going to be watching As long it. as there's a few spills, spills, I'll be happy. Good, good. Chris, I had a mini heart attack when I just when you were talking. I was looking at um, the report from a press conference today with the mayors of Milan Cortina, twenty twenty six, and they were asked about the handover of the Olympic flag. And there's going to be two people because there's two mayors, one of Milan one of Cortina de Peso. Mm-hmm. And there was just this line that stuck out that said there might be a tug of war <laughs> when receiving the flag. <laughs> but unfortunately, all I saw was there might be a tug of war Full for stop. La Cortina 2026. And I was going, oh my God. Okay, first of all, it needs to be in the summer games, but if there's some way to put this into the winter games, let's just grab that. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what they're saying. Um, but, you know, there's four years to convince them that maybe... Question for you. Demonstration. As you are the, the uh, leading advocate of tug of war mm-hmm. at the Olympic Games, if there is ice or snow involved, which of yeah. the which uh, footwear would you prefer? Skates? So they could dig into the ice with them? Uh, like... 
uh, ski mountaineering or, or mountaineering shoes where you can like dig in with the little spikes or mm-hmm. bowling shoes. No, so uh, this may seem uncharacteristic, yeah. but I'd like mountaineering shoes and I'd like it uh, on natural ice mm. or glacier type conditions. Uh, you mean natural ice over a lake, which could then crack? I mean, I would hope not. I'd hope that somebody would have gone and done some checks, but if it happens, it happens. Oh, you're such a you're such a purist when it comes to, <laughs> to tug of war, unlike any other sport. I'm just going to say, while we're talking about sports that won't be at Milan Cortina, one sport which will be introduced, and this is a little throwback to a uh, former Olympopod, ski mountaineering will be in it. Oh my god! Right? I've been saying for, I won't say years, but at least a couple of pods that we need mountaineering mm-hmm. back. Oh yeah. That's brilliant. I love it. Yep. Milan Cortina, you are the official winter games of the Olympopods. <laughs> Maybe we'll even go. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll even go, yeah. Yes. <laughs> 